In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos pregame walkthrough brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. My name is Ben Grant, joined as always by JB, and we are getting you set for the rematch. Hamilton at Toronto. This, uh, JB, this one, it feels so rushed on this super short week. Same opponent. I'm excited about it because like the players have been saying all week, they can't wait to get back to it. I'm excited to see what that that looks like heading into Friday's game. Are you, are, are you like, you know, uh, you know, duck and cover or is, are you feeling confident going into this week? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I feel confident. Um, I think that there is a path to, to winning at home. Um, I think that they, you know, they feel good at home. You know, we beat Winnipeg at home quite soundly, uh, you know, I think that the team can recapture some of that swag. I think what what we'll find out is is this a team that can, you know, come close to the edge and and be physical and challenging and trash talking and get the job done, or is this a team that talks a lot um, but is not quite ready to compete? Um, with an upper echelon team, so I, I think I think it's it's a big I think it's a big night for the Argos. I think this is a lot like the second Winnipeg game, and I think it's going to go very much the same way. I think the score is going to be a little bit closer, and we'll get to that when we go through predictions later on in this episode. But to me, it's it's the same thing. It's a home and home, and like I said from the beginning, it's really hard to beat the same team twice in two weeks, and I think the Tiger Cats are going to go through that. And I I don't think the Tiger Cats are a noticeably better team than the Argonauts in terms of personnel. They looked much better last week, but Winnipeg looked much better in the first game of that series as well. And then Toronto looked by far to be the better team in the second game. I think we're going to see it look a little bit more like that. The back-to-back games, I can't stress enough how difficult it is to sweep a good team in back-to-back weeks in professional football. And the Argonauts are a good team. And so I I, I think this isn't a game I'm worried about. Now, the part I'm worried about is the the stakes are high. This isn't a game you want to lose because if you lose this game and now we're heading on the road to Saskatchewan, who may be coming off back-to-back losses based on, you know, what's happening with Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, you know, that, that could be a a bad scenario and suddenly they you know they're they're in a position where we're talking about must win situations and that's never something you want to get into uh, you know midway through the season so i, I, I mean it, i don't it mind is important i don't mind if they lose uh I, I don't think because i think initially when i looked at the first eight i had them losing both you know before hamilton's slow start um you know hamilton was was an elite team and and i didn't think that we were quite at that level yet you know, if we lose these two, I think what it means is, you know, that we're not, um, you know, at, in the top two teams in the league. But but that's okay. I mean, I I don't I don't think that that's where we are going to be. I think that we're going to be mid tier. Um, so I I'm not I'm not actually that worried if they lose this game. I still think we can beat Montreal. We can beat Ottawa. Um, 
we can beat BC. You know, I, I feel good about the team. If, you know, if we're not able to beat Hamilton, I think Hamilton very well may be the best team in the league. There are so many injuries that this team has had to endure. Right. And most of them we haven't noticed too much because like the de- a lot of them are on defense and the defense has played out of their minds most of the time. Even last week, I thought they the defense, and especially when I was rewatching that game, you know what? The defense played well. And people were all over the offensive line after or the defensive line. I mean, after that game, the defensive line was doing everything they were asked to do. They weren't sent after the quarterback. And you can really see that when you're looking for it. And on that rewatch, I was I'm just watching the TV coverage and and they're they're doing their job They're They've been asked to sort of contain and close. And that's what they're doing. The linebackers are occasionally sent in there to get blitzes or to get sacks off blitzes. And they did. They got three. And so I don't think you can really point to too much on defense. They did have that one bust that resulted in that that long touchdown pass. But, you know, I, I don't think there's any business anyone has criticizing the defense. And yet they have lost man after man from Shane Ray to Coney Ely to Drake Nevis. And... This and Cordero Law, of course, the Robertson Daniel uh, losing uh, Cresden Butler last week and Arjun Cahoon. We've got so many men down on the Argos defense, and yet it hasn't really affected their play through the course of a game. Now, at some point, there's that, you know, one extra one extra weight is going to tip the scales entirely. And so I don't know how many more injuries they can endure. And hopefully it's not this Cresden Butler injury because Cresden is going to be missing this game. But we'll we'll have to see. And we'll talk about that in a bit more detail when we get to injuries. So let's go through news and notes for this week, JB. News. Nick Arbuckle is starting this game. Now, to me, that shouldn't be news, but it was. That was not only a story that I saw on on 3Down, but it was something that was asked repeatedly in the press conference uh, this week. Following practice, uh, Coach Dinwiddie was asked, who are you starting at quarterback this weekend? It blew my mind because there was never a question to me as to who would be starting at quarterback this week. There's no way you'd be thinking about replacing Nick Arbuckle after last week's game. It wasn't his best game, but his first half was fine. And then his second half, you can't really gauge because they were in desperation mode. They were down three scores. And so they had to press. And most quarterbacks aren't going to look good in that situation. He's still a very new quarterback. So that's that's not made for him. And that's not the kind of quarterback he is who's just going to unload deep every play to try and get back into the game. It, you know, in that, in that regard, McLeod is a much better option for a team down by three scores. I'd much rather have have McLeod in there. But uh, there was never any doubt in my mind. Were, were you questioning Arbuckle at all as the starter? No. Uh, I mean, I think we, we, you know, we said at the time that uh, he, he was clearly the starter. And I think that's the right choice. I think you you have to ride with Arbuckle. It, it makes no sense to to bounce back and forth. I mean, this is supposed to be a team that is building over the next couple of years. So I think, I think you roll with Arbuckle for better or for worse. And, you know, I, cause I would say the next time you take Arbuckle out is probably the last time. So I would, I would say barring a disaster um, that Arbuckle will start every game this season. Let's talk about the injuries from this week. And 
The, we knew the Argos were going to be pretty banged up this week, and there are some key pieces down, some that I wasn't even anticipating. And we'll start with the Tiger Cats first, because I didn't think they were going to be down anybody, but Brandon Banks has been ruled out as of just a few moments ago. So that changes Hamilton's... I was going to say that changes their offense. It's not like they've been going to Banks a ton this year. He hasn't had that huge breakout game that everyone is waiting for. But it does really occupy the defense. And on that rewatch from the game, I did notice how much attention they were paying to Banks. Except on on that one long touchdown play to Tim White where Banks was also wide open for a touchdown. Other than that, he was pretty locked down and they were certainly focused in on him right down to that Tresden Deku hit in the end zone to knock that ball free. They knew where he was at all times. He still got himself open but they were paying a lot of attention to him. Now, this may be one of those situations where I I don't know, and I I don't want to say this, but there are times when when you take out a player like Banks, it actually helps the offense. This is not a long-term thing. But sometimes you see that happen where the defense suddenly doesn't know exactly how they're game planning. They don't really know the tendencies now because it changes up what Hamilton is going to do. And that may cause problems. Are, are you, do you have any concerns about Banks being out or to you, to you is no, this just good think, news? Uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, look, injuries are a huge problem for the art for the Argos. Uh, Butler is maybe a game deciding injury. Um, I, uh, Banks being out is fantastic. I think it, 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 you know, Hamilton's offense is not particularly scary and it just became less scary. I, I think from an Argo perspective, it could make you uh, take more risks um, with uh, with blitzes. Um, you don't have to quite be as conscious about the jet sweeps. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a I think that's a big loss for Hamilton, even though he hasn't played at that level. Uh, I think I think that's a, a tremendous evener for the Argos. To me, I think it invites you to send more heat. Yeah. And I'll, I'm interested to see what you say in your in our OCDC segment coming up. Because like when I look at it, I think, okay, great. Because Banks is the one guy that I really didn't want to have to think about in zero. Whereas now, yeah, I'm not... I, I know I know Tim White had a big day, but I'm, I'm not really worried about White. I'm not really worried about many of their guys one-on-one. I think the Argos have the skill position guys to defend them. And maybe this is an opportunity to just send the house and see what Hamilton can do about that. But I'm I'm curious to see what you have to say when we get to OCDC. In terms of the Argos injuries, there's some bad news. So Philip Blake has been ruled out, uh, this time with a hamstring injury. And you just have to feel for Philip Blake. Every week, it's been a different thing. And he's yet to make it through a game where he you know he the, the game ends and he's still standing and still out there it's uh, at the end of the, every single game it's it's Peter Nicastro playing center Philip Blake on the sideline and the Argos scrambling to to fill in a gap i guess the only positive here is that we have known and Nicastro took all the steps at center last week because Philip Blake was out due to covid protocol and he's taken all the snaps again this week at center so he is getting that time and they drafted Peter Nicastro to be a center. This is his position. Maybe Philip Blake being out this week is a good thing long-term because it will really force Peter Nicastro to be that center they drafted him to be. Or maybe it shows the Argos that they have to go in another direction or they have to make a move if it's clear that Nicastro is not 
you know, meant to, to be the guy. Hamstring injuries, we know they're bad. They're not as bad for offensive linemen as for receivers, DBs. It's a little bit of a different a skill set in terms of what the demands of that muscle are but you know it's it's still important offensive linemen need their legs but this isn't something where i'm expecting philip blake to be out for for months that said i think we need to see something from peter nicastro this week and if we don't i think the argos maybe have to start thinking a little bit you agree well he, yeah I, I, he played really i mean look he played really poorly on labor day um the, the offensive line as a unit um, looked like, you know, a, a group that hadn't practiced together. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to damn them after one poor game, but yeah, if, if they have a second game, um, you, you start to look at, well, look, if, if we're, if we have playoff goals and aspirations, uh, you know, you can't, you've got to have a line, you know, you, you can't, you, you don't have to have great players on the line, but you can't have a hole. Right, it's not like any other position. You can't hide a guy, so you you have to have a. Everybody's got to be adequate. So yeah, I I do think you you have to make a change or a trade because you have to have five adequate guys. You can't you can't have a turnstile. The other two guys on offense that are out this week, Daniel Braverman, who's out with an ankle injury, and I think that is a huge loss, and Levi Noel, who's out with a hamstring injury, less impactful, but. It becomes more impactful when you've got Braverman out because with Braverman out, you're thinking, well, that's okay because Levi Noel had an amazing camp. Here's his opportunity to shine, to go in there and, you know, be the guy. And he's out too. Now, fortunately, Ricky Collins Jr. is is coming back. He's going to be active. He'll be starting. And it looks like they're going to put Dejan Brissett in Daniel Braverman's position in that slot, playing the number two uh, to the field side with Gittins Jr. uh, playing at the Z. But this is, again, a loss. You know, the receiving core has already uh, sustained injuries. You got Jawan Breskison, who the team was counting heavily on, who was already out. And now you add Braverman to that list. I'm a little bit worried about that. Chandler Worthy's been activated for the game, which I'm actually excited about. I do think that's a positive that may result uh, from all of this. But uh, you know, he's more there to be a backup to Devaris Daniels than than anything else. I, I don't know how many snaps he'll get. I hope a lot. But it's certainly going to put a lot of pressure on those young Canadian receivers because, you know, the, that's that's what they've got along with Ricky Collins Jr. and and, and Eric Rogers and, and Devaris Daniels. But, uh, yeah, a lot of pressure may be put on Dejan Brissett and Curly Gittins Jr. But Gittins Jr. had a great game last week. Hopefully he can build off that. And I thought that Dejan Brissett looked really good in that second Winnipeg game. You know, hopefully with a week of practice in that one spot, you know, they've known that that uh, that Braverman was going to be out. So maybe maybe he'll be okay as well. But I, I'm worried about the receiver position. It is worrisome. I think Hamilton's secondary is the best in the league. Um, we don't have elite speed in our wide receiver unit. Um, so you you need to scheme guys open because you're not going to win one-on-one battles against that secondary on a regular basis, and and you're going to get a lot of contested catches. And uh, you know I think you you need to look at at some ways of of designing guys open. Um, I think that's going to be crucial. You know I don't I don't really put it on the receivers. I think I think that the plan is going to have to be um, trickier 
because we can't just line up and play cat. You know, you know, our cats are better than your cats because they're not. So you're going to need to get tricky. You're going to need to come up with, um, you know, some, some misdirection. You're going to have to come up with some different route, uh, um, arrangement you know to to try and confuse um to you know to punish man to to punish the zone uh, you know i think i think it's really going to be a, a coaches it's on the coaches to to show that they can uh that they can adjust to what hamilton was doing the only other interesting note offensively i thought was the activation of Theron Churchill, uh, who's going to be dressed for this game. And that one, I think, he, so he's he's listed as the backup to Darius Bladek at, at right guard. I, I think, I was trying to think, like, if, you know, if Bladek went down, would it be Giffen or Churchill who go in there? And I, I actually think it might be Giffen. But I think Churchill is there because there aren't really a lot of other options. Like, what if Nicastro went down? And now you're talking about, a, you know, a real situation. And Churchill... We've seen taking some center snaps. We've seen, you know, some of that, but really not much. There's been very limited play from anyone that's currently on the roster who isn't currently named Nicastro or or Blake, who was taking uh, center snaps. But he's the only other guy, I think, that we've got uh, on this roster that I've seen take any kind of snap. So I think that would be the emergency plan. I know that Bladek has done some center work when he was sort of the swingman in Saskatchewan, but you know that would be a disaster. So hopefully, Nicastro can get through the game because I'm not sure there's an, another answer there. Now on the defensive side of the ball, there aren't as many injuries, but there are concerns. So Kresden Butler is out, and I think that is the biggest concern for me. We saw last week, you know, he's been playing free safety. He's been doing a great job at the free safety. He's been there in run support. He's been there in pass coverage. uh, And he's just been a a shutdown player. Josh Hegarty came in last week uh, to replace him. And Hegarty is playing way above expectations, just to be clear. And we went over that after, you know, in our postgame podcast. We, We stressed that Hegarty has done everything that's been asked of him. However... He is still a rookie in the CFL, and he's he's not quite there yet. And you can't expect him to be. And now he's starting, and Hamilton knows he's starting. And you have to think they're going to start scheming for that. Concerns? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, deeply concerned. I think, you know, I think that although free safety can be a place that guys get experience, um, you have to play a very vanilla free safety um, which kind of mutes its its you know its effectiveness when you have to play really like a deep deep center field. But look, if that's what they have to do, that's what they have to do. I think you you know you you let them play last man back and keep grass between you and the receivers and and break on the deep ball and basically he'll be help for the forty yard pass. And you know that's not I mean it's not the end of the world. It's schematically kind of boring, um, but uh, you know I think. You can't ask him to do what Butler did. I think you have to. You can't ask of a player more than you should. I think that's that's not on the player. That's just bad coaching. So you know, I think I think you give him a limited playbook and you know, and 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 try and get by with just taking away the bomb, and you're just not going to have help. You know, on posts. 
And my concern is, like you're saying, is the limited playbook. Like one of the strengths, I think, of this defense so far has been that Coach Young has schemed very well. He's prepared very well for each game. And I'm concerned that he's not going to be able to do that as much. With Haggerty back there playing center field, he's not going to want to disguise as much as Kresden does. He does a great job of hiding the coverage. Haggerty, you're less excited to do that with because you just worry that the timing won't be there or the recognition won't be there. And so I think you're right. I think you're going to see him playing center field back there, which is fine. And a lot of teams do that across the league. It's not unusual to see a rookie Canadian free safety back there. It happens all the time. But it happens in defenses that are far less creative than what Coach Young has shown us so far. So I'm concerned in that way. I almost wonder if the Argos wouldn't have been better putting Dexter McCoyle back there at free safety and using him heavily in run support and in blitz packaging. He's an experienced guy who can handle that. Why not make that your approach and then play all sorts of, you know, play cover two sky, play a lot of zero and, you know, send crazy heat and really disguise stuff. I know there wasn't a ton of time to rep that. And maybe that's why, maybe that's my answer. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the tricky part, right? I mean, because you don't, you don't want to put a player, especially a player who's playing really well in a position where you're not, you're not being fair to them. You know, like if to, you know, four days reps is not going to get it done at the professional level. I don't think I agree with you. I mean, that was my first thought, but I feel in this quick turnaround, that's probably unfair to the player um, to, to ask him to do that. So I'd, I'd be surprised if they did that. It's, it's a little bit of robbing Peter to pay Paul too. Um, you know, I think, I think you, you know, I think you just deal with the hole that's back there with Butler as best you can. And you, you don't, you don't tinker with the other stuff that that's still going. Okay. The other injury of concern is Charleston Hughes, who I guess is going to be a game time decision. He's listed as questionable with the knee. This, this is big. And I know Charleston hasn't, put up the sacks that people were hoping he doesn't have a sack yet but that's again something that I said off the top I don't think that's really he hasn't been asked to do the same things that he's been asked to do in years past it's a little bit different Um, but the defensive line has been so banged up that the guys that I would normally feel comfortable about going in for him aren't there right now and so you know I, I guess well, you know, you're going to see Eli Harold there a lot, but, uh, you know, Feeney is going to be starting at the the other side. You've got Menser, uh, who's there as a backup, Robbie Smith. Like, there just aren't the big names. And there were so many coming into this season of all the guys that we thought could play defensive end. And we certainly didn't think it was going to be in a situation where we're looking at, at Feeney starting and, and you know, Menser and, and Smith getting a lot of playing time, which I think is going to be the case especially if Charleston Hughes goes down. But even if he doesn't, I think these guys are all going to be on the field. So uh, hopefully uh, Charleston can be ready to go for the game on Friday because I think that would be a massive loss. I think that unfortunately, because of all the injuries that Charleston's had to play, I think we both felt at the beginning that that he needed to be probably not a part-time player, but, you know, probably a sub, you know, like where you're rolling in and in passing situations. And, you know, because... He's got a lot of miles on that car. Um, and I think he's had to play a lot more. I don't think that they've been able to. When we looked at the camp, we thought, wow, they're going to have basically seven, eight guys that are going to be able to roll through every game. Um, that has kind of dissolved into three or four guys 
you know, holding things at bay. And I think that's a lot to put on him at this point in his career. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's good to go. He certainly has, has played well, but I think it's, it's been a tough ask of him. Let's talk about the strengths of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So after last week, my view on their strengths and weaknesses changed a little bit. Have yours uh, adjusted at all? Um, uh, well, it, I mean, I think their offensive line played better than than I expected, but I do think in in some part that is that is due to Toronto's defensive line just being decimated. Um, so it is it is hard to tell where where one begins and the other ends. But I I did think their offensive line was um, better than than I thought it would be. I thought it would be really quite poor, and it was fine. I. I think that their defense still, to me, looks very good. I was impressed with their defensive play last week. I, again, I think that they were in a good situation. It's much easier to play defense when you're up by a couple of scores, and they were up from you know the beginning of the game pretty much. So that always makes the defense look better. I do think that continues to be a strong point for them. I I I wouldn't call. There's nothing on their offense that I would really say is a strength of their team, though. Because while the offensive line certainly looked better, as you said, than we expected it to, it, it wasn't. It still wasn't great, and they weren't really tested that much. The receiving core without Banks is is fine. Um, I don't think there's anything special though. You look around the league. Are you know are they really that much better than without Banks? Are they really that much better than? you know than many other teams I, I don't really see that the running game couldn't really get going too much at all other than those those receiver runs so to me the the strength again falls on the defense and I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on them especially if Toronto can get up early which I know is something that you've been preaching uh from from week one now what about the team's weaknesses uh is there an area where you feel like Toronto can exploit that they maybe didn't have a chance to last week um, I, I still think I, I would like to see more heat. I would like to see, I would like to see Toronto gamble a little more. I understand what the thought behind. Look, let's just line up, keep these guys in front of us, and I think for the most part it worked. You know, they, you know, they threw for whatever two seventy. They ran for eighty. Those are standard numbers. Those are not big days. Um, so I thought that worked fine. But I think you need to throw a bit more of the kitchen sink into this. You know that Hamilton is at this point, a better team. And so therefore you, you don't have the luxury of that. I think you I think the defense needs to score. Um, so I would send more heat at that quarterback. Um, I would scheme it up. I'd send more linebackers. I'd send more secondary, um, more twists, more loops. You know, I, I think, I think you're going to have to get a little more exotic and uh, then, then maybe you would want to, but I, that's what I would do. I still think the offensive line is Hamilton's weakest unit, and we let them off the hook a little bit last week. I agree with everything you said there. My only worry, and it's not enough of a worry to you know cancel abort uh, the plan here, but my worry is that Dane Evans is pretty savvy in the pocket. He's got really nice feet and a sense of where pressure is coming from. Last week, he escaped the pocket a few times. Not, not so much to run, although I know he did take off on a couple occasions, but he was able to buy himself time and if the Argos are playing zero or, or one, 
that time is now going to turn into to him tucking and running with every remaining defender now facing the wrong way. So I do worry if they send the kitchen sink and he's able to uh, sort of, uh, you know, use his fancy feet and work his way out of there, that there'll be trouble. But I think that's a risk you have to take. I think that, you know, that, that's a risk anytime you send heat is that there's, there's going to be, you know, they're going to expose the, the weakness that's yeah, been left there. I think, I think you have to because I think the defense is going to need to score. I think that the offense is, is up against it. And I think the defense is going to have to carry more than 50% of the game. Uh, and so from a defensive point of view, you're like, well, like ideally we wouldn't do this, but we need, you know, we need to go get points. Like the defense needs to score a touchdown and that's going to come from heat. You know, uh, he's too good a quarterback just to throw a bad play. So I think I think that's where, from a defensive point of view, you you do it because the team needs it. You know, from an offensive point of view, they're going to need some help, and so that's where the defense has to do more than just stop Hamilton, but but try and turn try and turn some points in. You know what time it is, JB? It's time for OCDC. All right, so. As a part of this segment, if you're new listening to the podcast, uh, JB's been a defensive coordinator for a long time. I've been an offensive coordinator for a long time. And so we kind of put on those hats for both teams. So let's start with the visiting Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, I'll start off as the offensive coordinator for Hamilton. So my plan coming into this week, if I'm the Hamilton Tiger Cats, is to find a way to to take advantage of the fact that Toronto's got a, a rookie free safety. So most of my passing game is going to be centered around exposing uh, that, that position. And so I'm going to send out a lot of high lows on the free safety where I'm forcing Josh Haggerty to choose one or the other. So in looks where we, in situations where we've got either cover one or cover three, You've got someone that cuts under his face and then somebody that that goes over top. So if you kind of picture, you know, two receivers, the inside two receivers to the trip side, the the third receiver to the trip side, the innermost guy runs across his face. So like runs, you know, a, a slant that cuts in front of him and the second receiver runs a seam. And so now you're putting him in a position where he has to kind of make a, a judgment call. And it's a really difficult thing for a free safety to do. And a, a savvy quarterback like Dan Evans is going to try and move him around with his eyes. And that's what I'm going to be working on all week is Hamilton. Those are big plays. If you can get a free safety to commit to one of those two guys and sort of declare it while you still have time to throw that football, you're going to hit some home runs. And we did see it happen on one of those plays last week. I don't think, you know, essentially two days of practice and two walkthroughs really is all the Argus have run. I'm not sure that's enough time. So everything I'm going to do is going to center around trying to expose the free safety, trying to show him things, tempt him to come in and then beat him over top and vice versa. What is your defensive strategy as the DC of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, JB? Well, I, I, I probably wouldn't change very much. I think that um, I think you you send a gap pressure and you see what DeCastro can do with it. Uh, you know, I thought Santos Knox was all over the field. You know, I'm sending him. Um, I'm sending loops at that offensive line. Um, you know, I, I would send more heat uh, because I think the secondary can play stick them with, with the Argos. And if you have a defense that can play good man, that's that's a wonderful position to be in as a defensive coordinator. So I, I would send more heat. I would sit on those 15 yards and in. 
Uh, I would absolutely sit on the outs, especially to the left side of the field. Um, you know, yeah, maybe you get burned on a double move, but I mean, I think that you absolutely are sitting on that 15 yards and in, and you're you're just daring them to throw the ball 40 yards consistently. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't do very much different other than maybe send a little more heat because the offensive line is maybe not as um, not as good as as maybe we we thought it was going to be. But I think from a defensive point of view. You challenge Arbuckle's arm until he proves you have to respect it. Let's switch teams and coach for the Argos now. So as offensive coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts, my plan this week is to build off everything that has been set up to this point in the season. And what I mean by that is that Coach Dinwiddie, with his time in Calgary, and I've talked about this before, but you know, for anyone new listening that hasn't heard this before, Calgary in 2019 did a great job of intentionally showing teams something, giving them a look or even a tendency that they knew was going to be part of the defensive game plan in leading up to that week in film study where they say, oh, okay, every time they do this, this happens. Every time they do this, this happens. Watch for these slants, watch for these quick outs. And then game time comes and the offense is playing off of those. I feel like the Argos have left a number of seeds down there. And there's a few specifically that I'm looking for this week. We've talked about that, what we call, very affectionately called the Ricky Collins Jr. screen, that jailbreak screen. Toronto has run that jailbreak screen about a dozen times this year. And they haven't had any plays off of that yet. This might be the week we see something like that. Maybe it's a, a quick pump fake to Ricky Collins Jr. coming underneath with that same action. But then one of those wideouts, either Curly Gittins Jr. or, or Dejan Brissett, one of, the, one of the two guys out there who would normally be blocking that play, stock blocks and then breaks away on a go road. I'm looking for something like that because they've seen that play. They know that play is coming. You don't even need to run it. You don't even need to run the jailbreak screen first. They've seen it enough. So I want to see something like that early in the game. Pump fake to the jailbreak over the top for a, a big play, for a home run play. And similarly, Declan Cross last week, I, I, you know, I talked about this during the game with you, Declan Cross was getting ignored. They had him lined up as a tight end on several occasions and Hamilton couldn't have cared less. They weren't even treating him as an eligible receiver. I wanna see heavy play action and then a ball down the seam to Declan Cross. And these are the things that I'm talking about. Things that have been set up where we don't go to cross, we don't go to cross, we don't go to cross. Now's the game where we've got to start cashing in some of those some of those checks, some of the, you know, taking advantage of some of the groundwork that has been laid uh, in the opening four games of the season. So that's my plan on the offense. JB, what are you doing for the Argos defense this week? Well, I thought the defense, like we talked about, I thought the defense played well against Hamilton. You know, we gave up a special teams touchdown and a pick six. Um, so you take those 14 points away, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, it's not, I know it's not very exciting, but I, I don't really have any, um, you know, radical statements because I, I believe in, in, you know, don't fix it if, if it ain't broke. I thought the defense played well. I think that, you know, you're going to have to try and hide that, that high safety. Um, and, you know, as I talked about, like maybe I would, I would send more heat, but I think, I think that we can line up and play uh, with this Hamilton team. I'm, I'm not, um, not concerned about, uh, 
about them scoring. I'm not scared about them scoring. I think, honestly, I think, you know, I, I think it's a team that's just a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, I, I think that there, there's, you know, I think that we, we can keep them in that 14 to 17 point range. Um, the question is going to be, can the offense keep decent field position? Can the offense finish drives? Um, you know, from a defensive point of view, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change very much. I don't think Hamilton is going to have time to install very much uh, this week. So, you know, normally if you played a team a second time, you'd you'd have more time between the games, and you might change some things. So, I, I'm I'm happy with you know, other than a little more, little more quarterback pressure. I think that, I think that the the defense is is good as it is. One thing, JB. So in our One Thing segment, we've been hitting a lot, and yet it hasn't always (laughs) turned into a win. So last week you wanted three sacks. You got your three sacks. I wanted a home run ball. We got one to Curly Gittens Jr., and yet it, you know, the result wasn't there. Maybe this week uh, it'll work out for us. What is the one thing you want to see, JB? Yeah, I... (laughs) I guess I should connect it more to the one thing I see leading to a win. Um, I, I think I, what, what, for me, what I want to see uh, is from offense, um, you know, is I want to see DJ Foster with 125 all-purpose yards. Um, I, w- I want to see him involved in the passing game. I want to see him involved in the running game. Uh, I think that he is a weapon and that we got away from him. And I think it's. I think he, you know, he was crucial in the Winnipeg game. I want, I want the team to use Foster more. So I, I definitely would like to see, you know, catching and running 125 yards from DJ. I think I feel like they're a little hesitant with him with regards to his pass protection, which I actually think is good. But the CFL is different from what he's experienced in playing American football. Uh, you know, for for what he has in the NFL yeah, and NCAA. It's, it's what kept him off the field with the Pats. You know, I mean, it's tough. I, I get that, but still, you, you know, you got to be able to. You know, you got. I think that you still have to find a way to get him the ball. And I, I think they're probably concerned because they did get him, you know, he had five receptions last week, I think seven targets, but I, only three carries. And that's where we really want to see him get some more action because I think he is a, a more dangerous back than John White is. But John White is so good in pass protection. And it's also a tell. Like if you've got Foster out there, based on what we know of the Argonauts, you have to assume it's a run to Foster. So they have to find a way to kind of get away from that where Hamilton can't key on that, but also get him carries. So maybe it's through having those two back sets that we've seen them use. I, yeah. I don't know, but there's, there has to be a way to get the ball in his hands. I agree. Uh, My, just to, just to tag in, there's one more thing I want to see. I want to see a touchdown punt return. I'm sorry. Was this turned into a two things yeah, segment? JB? I do. I want it. I'm, t- I'm tired of waiting for it. Put Trey on. Well, he's not dressed again this week, but this does tie into my one thing. Chandler Worthy is dressed, and I don't know if he's the guy we're going to see back there for punt returns. I know we might. I know we've seen it in practice. We saw it throughout training camp. I want to see my one thing. I want to see Chandler Worthy get the ball. Not because I think he's a better receiver than anyone else out there, 
but I think he's faster than everyone else out there. Chandler Worthy is a 4-2-4-3 guy. He can burn. He's the fastest guy on the team. And I want to see the ball in his hands. I hope it's in punt returns and kick returns. I would love to see him on the field as a receiver. We saw it in training camp where they just couldn't defend him. It was it was largely go routes and it was like go routes or slants. That was, you know, that was what they said him on. It was go route slant, go route slant. But he's really tough to defend when those are your two options. When he caught those slants and had some space, he was gone. And when he caught a go route, he was gone. And I thought Arbuckle had some really nice timing with him in preseason. I was stunned when he didn't end up making the team. I shouldn't say stunned because I actually didn't have him on my final roster either. But it, it did surprise me a little bit because he has that element that we've been talking about since the beginning of the year. He can take the ball to the house from anywhere on the field. And so I want to see Chandler Worthy with the ball in his hands, no matter how they do it. Jet sweeps, passes, screens. He can run that Ricky Collins Jr. jailbreak uh, if they want to. And then punt returns, kick returns. Get the ball in Chandler Worthy's hands. Let's see if he can make something happen. Time for our predictions, JB. Uh, well, we, missed, we missed it last week. How are we doing this week? Is this an Argos win or an Argos loss? I didn't miss it last week. You had a, didn't you have an Argos win last week? No, I had a, I had a twenty. I had a twenty-seven seventeen Hamilton win. That doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. I feel like you stole. Was it two weeks ago that you stole my pick? <laughs> I do. I listen to our podcast. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna have to check the tape on this. Okay. You had a, you had a Hamilton win last week. Well, I didn't. I definitely had an Argos win last week. I, which is funny because I went against my initial prediction. Initially, preseason, I had last week as a loss, this week as a win. I changed last week. I'm not changing this week. So my prediction for this week is an Argos win. I actually think we're going to see a defensive score. And I think it's going to be a nail-biter at the very end. Maybe Toronto gets up. Hamilton comes fighting back. I have Toronto winning 23-22. Where do you stand on this one, JB? Yeah, uh... I mean, I would like to have seen Toronto get a little healthier. Um, but uh, I do think Toronto is too good a team to to not come up with the win at home. I think that the guys have too much talent and too much pride. I think that they were angry about how... I think they were angry about the penalties. I think they were angry about how the game kind of got out of hand. Uh, I think they're going to be dialed in at home. Um, I, I think that we can... Uh, we can play with Hamilton. We just cannot, can't have a pick six, cannot give up a special teams touchdown. Um, I think that we get one of those two and I see the Argos winning um, 32-27. Okay. Uh, that that sounds like an exciting game. I can't wait to see that one happen. That's more exciting than my twenty three twenty two. I hope it's. I would love to see the Argos get into the into the mid thirties or, or or something like that. That'd be great. Uh, all right, Argos win. Argos win. We'll have to see if we're right following this game. That will just about do it for us on this episode of the Exes and Argos pregame walkthrough. For JB, my name is Ben Grant. Saying so long, and may all your pre snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. <laughs>